In this edition of In the Trenches with Dave Lapman, brought to you by First Star Logistics, we catch up with Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. We talk about the season, back-to-back seasons, tremendous success, going to the Super Bowl this past season, going to the conference uh, championship game. Boy, I'll tell you, the Cincinnati Bengals are on a roll. Zach Taylor obviously has a lot to do with that. We talk about that. We talk about the culture that he's built. Talk about free agency. Talk about the draft. Talk about all the things that go around building a franchise the way he has built this franchise. And it's here for the long haul. It's here for the duration. You're going to like what Zach Taylor has to say. You're in the trenches once again with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And boy, what a great decision you made because our guest today is Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor. Coach, welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure for sure. Now that you've had a little time to sit back and reflect, I know um, when I was a player in the playoffs, when you're advancing and then all of a sudden you lose a game, it's like, whew. Man, you felt you stepped off a cliff. It's like it's so sudden. There's nothing really like it in any other job I think in the world, and it, it takes it takes a little bit to to you know reconvene and compose yourself a little bit. Uh, now that you've gone through that entire process, it was one heck of a year. I mean, a tremendous year. You win ten in a row at the down the stretch of the regular season and into the playoffs. That was an unbelievable accomplishment. There's a lot to be proud of. You know, our guys uh, really did a great job. When it when it was important later in the season, won ten games in a row to get us into the playoffs and win the division, um, you know, and, and then to go on the road and and a play a, a tough divisional team in the playoffs at home, go on the road against one of the top teams in the league and win on the road, and then uh, just to come up a little bit short in Kansas City. There, there's a lot to be proud of, and and I thought our guys played really well this year. I thought that uh, you really defended your home turf about as well as it could be. Seven and one, I believe, is the record counting uh, counting playoffs. And uh, the only loss was that was the opener, which there were extenuating circumstances there, obviously, and almost had that one in the bag as well. Defending that home turf, uh, that's going to be big and be great to get home field advantage for that AFC Championship game. I guess that that'd be the final step. I guess it is big, you know. And, and so again, you you got if you're going to be a great team, you got to be a great team at home first and foremost, and. Uh, you mentioned what our record was this year. It was really good. Um, you know, we lost a game on that Monday night game. So we, you lost a home game there. And this was the year that it fell where we had nine roads and, and eight homes anyway. So so next year will be nice having those nine home games. Um, and so, again, that's something that we'll have to continue to be good at and capitalize on that opportunity to have those nine home games. The, the other thing that's, that's phenomenal um, is you, you've had great success last couple of years here in the, in the NFL, everybody notices that <laughs> around the league. And it's like, oh, man, both your coordinators get opportunities to be interviewed for head coaching positions. Uh, you've got your quarterback coach. You have your receiver coach interviewed for potential offensive coordinator positions. It's like, boy, you're getting it done in Cincinnati. Let's uh, let's get a little piece of that. And you, and you know that better than anybody. I mean, success, boy, once, once that happens, the rest of the NFL's tries to tries to pluck a little bit of it uh, here and there. But for the fifth year, you're going to have the same coordinators, which is a heck of a scenario. The only team in the league that could have made that same claim was Kansas City if the enemy hadn't gone to Washington. The Cincinnati Bengals, the only team in the league 
that's going to have their coordinators intact for the fifth year in a row. How big of a deal is that, Coach? It's a really big deal. That continuity amongst our staff, uh, the players will feel that, you know, with, with really no turnover. We didn't have a single coach leave. Right. And, and so not only the coordinators that you mentioned, but just no position coaches, nobody, everybody's back. And so um, really good for us to continue to build off what we've already, the foundation we've already laid, um, you know, to continue to build on. And, and so I'm really excited about that opportunity. You know, we've taken these last couple of weeks to rest up and get ready for the scouting process, which is in front of us now and be ready for the players when they come back in April. But uh, just just uh, really excited to have the entire staff back and continue to build upon what we've, what we've done so far. So how, how satisfying is it? And, and it's almost like it's almost like catch 22. You want to be successful, but then they're, they are going to prey on your success, other teams in the league. But the coaching tree as such, uh, it's something that coaches take great pride in because it's, it's tough to get a head coaching opportunity in the National Football League. And when you can provide it to another coach, that's what it's all about. You know, in the league, that's part of, um, I guess, one of the successes of being a, a head coach in the NFL. How proud were you of the fact that so many members of your of your coaching staff got opportunities, interviews to, to move on and move up? That's a reflection on our entire organization. People are looking here to see what we're doing and, and interview people and potentially hire people, not this year, but in, in the future years. And so we, we know that we're going to lose some guys to, to uh, promotions around the league, and that's part of it. I'll, I'll gladly keep them all here if, if they can stay and they don't get those jobs. But but I know in the, in the near future, we're going to start losing guys to better opportunities, and that's why we've got to continue to develop our staff, you know, to have guys ready to step into bigger roles. And, and I know that when those opportunities arise, they'll be ready for them. So not only that, promoting from within, but do you have, like, does every head coach in the NFL have a list of five guys, say, for just to pick a number at almost every position? If if you lose this or if this uh, position player moves to a coordinator, I'm going to interview these. These. If I don't have anything internally, I'm going to go here. Do you, do you have all those all those uh, pieces to the puzzle in place at almost every coaching position? You've created a network of of people you're familiar with, people you're keeping tabs on. It evolves every single year. You know, I I, I could maintain a list like that, and a year later all those people are untouchable. You know, maybe they already got promotions and, and somewhere you can't get them. So um, it, it's it's constantly evolving in this profession, guys getting better opportunities. Um, so, of course, I'm, I'm aware of where other people are, but right now just focused on the great staff that we have and continue to develop them. You mentioned you mentioned the staff, how when you have success, you know, everybody's going to want a little, little piece of that, and, and understandably so. It's also the Bengals, Cincinnati, the organization, the city of Cincinnati, it's become a destination. I mean, for free agents, there's not probably a free agent out there that doesn't have Cincinnati potentially on their list because of what you've done and how you've done it. Um, the success this team has had, a Super Bowl appearance, and then uh, a, a conference championship game appearance and back-to-back seasons, that's tough to do. And you've got a quarterback that is as good as any in the National Football League, and, and people gravitate toward that. You've got a staff that has proven itself and is intact. What, what's it like to be in a situation where – Boy, free agency, we, we got we, we got a lot of opportunities there. That's a good place to be, you know, that people want to be a part of what we're building here. They can recognize that. And they can see that, yeah, we're a talented team that works really hard, but our guys really enjoy the process of doing it, you know, and um, they like being here, I believe. And and so maybe other guys that, that are out there will want the opportunity to play here. And, and they know that if they come here, they can compete for championships and, and enjoy the process while they do that. And so – um, I, I think we got a good recipe for success here that guys want to be a part of.
players rave about the culture that you've uh, established here in Cincinnati. Not only play, players, but your assistant coaches, all your staff raised about it as well. And, and, then, and then the players and everybody around the league starts to hear about that. What are two or three things that you, you focus and concentrate on when you're trying to establish and build a culture? And who might you have learned things from along the way? Is it almost almost too many people to name? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that's a good question. That's kind of two different questions there that uh, I could really get into to long answers. The, the first one, um, just about the things that are important to us is, um, you know, be, being clear with our communication, our standards, and that not double talking. You know, not not saying one thing and then doing the other thing. And so I think that's been um, something that our guys that have been here a long time have been able to see that when things weren't great, uh, yeah. wins and loss wise, um, that the coaching staff didn't change. You know, the same things we preached that would bring success. We've maintained and and we've done our best um, not to say one thing, but then do the other thing. And um, so that consistency, I think, has been important that the players who have been here over the years have seen that and been able to communicate that to new players and maybe players outside the building that um, we've been consistent that way. And so I think that's important because we asked that, that for our players, too. You know, the one thing we want from our players is we want to know what to expect we're going to get from you every single day when you walk in the building. We don't want to Jekyll and Hyde. This, this day, his personality is going to be this. The next day is going to be that. And right. so it's important that we get the same thing from our coaches. And and the other thing, you know, people who have uh, impacted me along the way, oh, my gosh, you know, it's, it's too many. It starts with my dad. You know, my dad was my first coach I ever had. Sure. Uh, he taught me the fundamentals of everything, and he taught me leadership, really. that's He didn't even have to teach me. He showed me. And I think that's the best example, you know, is, is show me how to do it rather than tell me how to do it. And so I watched how he coached me at a young age and how he helped develop me and my brother and my friends. Um, trained all of us first and foremost. Um, then, you know, a, a junior college coach of mine, Aaron Flores, uh, was was my offensive coordinator at Butler County Community College when we played for the national championship. And uh, he since passed away. But one of the things that he I, I saw from him as a play caller was him taking responsibility for some things that didn't go well. I never had that before. I've never thrown an interception for a touchdown on a slant route and jog over the sidelines and the coordinator say, I, I, I should have known better to put you in that position. That's on me. Don't worry about it. I never had that before, you know? And so you kind of take the pressure off yourself as a quarterback a little bit. And I've tried to take that with me as I've coached. And then I go play for Bill Callahan and he includes me in the game planning system. He lays out the game plan, he and Jay Norvell. Uh, but then at the end of the week, they ask me for plays I like and plays I don't like, you know? And, and that's another thing that I think is important that I've learned from quarterbacks I've coached in the past is, Zach, just because you and the coaches love this, if the players don't understand it or believe in it, um, then you might want to shy away, shy away from it on game day. And so right. that, that's a process that we've taken here with Joe, um, asking at the end of the week, hey, I know we've repped this, I know we liked it, but if you don't like it, I'm not going to call it. And maybe there's another play that you really do like that I didn't like as much, and we can talk through it that way. So just including guys that you trust in the game planning uh, that are actually going to be out there when the bullets are firing um, you know, th those are some things that I've learned from those guys. And there's many others. Sean McVay, I mean, I, I could name a million sure. coaches I've learned from. But um, kind of when I was a developing coach, those are probably the guys, along with Mike Sherman, that, that had the biggest impact on me. When you, when you look at it um, yourself, uh, Ryan Callahan, Dan Pitcher, Joe Burrow, the, the, the four people that, that work together on a daily basis on the offensive side of the football have such a common background. Dads were coaches. I mean, the game of football is so important. I mean, it's like you guys are all on the same page, not not just on the same page, 
but in the same paragraph, not just say, maybe the same sentence or the same word in the sentence. You guys are just like boom, so lasered in with with the same things. Do you, do you feel that almost on a daily basis? Dave Lapham here. And if you're looking for a new and exciting work opportunity, check out one of the fastest growing companies in Cincinnati, First Star Logistics. All you have to do is scan the QR code or visit us at firststarlogistics.com to learn more. We do, you know, and I think that's why we, we get along so well and can communicate so easily on game day. Uh, we see the game the same way. And um, you mentioned we got, we got several. Got Troy Walters' dad was a coach. You know, right. He coached the Bengals at one point. Brad Craigthorpe's dad was a head coach in college for a long time. So uh, yeah. there, there's a lot of guys on our staff that fit those descriptions. Um, and so they, they knew what they were signing up for when they got into this profession. And, and again, our, our staff is just so easy to communicate with during the week, during the offseason, on game day particularly. Um, and that's where that continuity, you know, means so much is, is we've been in these big games together and we've been through so many different situations, experiences together. Um, and we've all learned from that. And so we sit in a, a meeting on Saturday morning talking about how we're going to play the game. We can reference games from two, four years ago, uh, things that we have to learn from that may come up in the game the next day. And I think that's that's critical to have. What what would be your your biggest accomplishment, do you think, last season? If, if, now that you've had a little time to reflect as a football team, and what was the biggest challenge for you during the course of the season last year? Well, the, the biggest challenge was, you know, starting behind the eight ball. You know, with the early part of the season, we were two and two, and at one point right. we were up three in the division, um, having lost once to each each team in the division. Um, so that that was something you had to overcome, really, at the bye week of, of you were not in a great position division-wise. We knew we weren't out of it. There was a long ways to go, and the, the season can take shape a lot of different ways. So there was no panic there, uh, right. but that was that was the biggest challenge we had to overcome was getting ourselves back in the division race, and and I think the thing that we're most proud of is is doing just that, you know, finishing on a ten game winning streak, um, going from zero and three in the division to three and three in the division, um, and you just look at the the parity in our division, you know, every team split with the other team they played, you know, right. Pittsburgh split with Baltimore, Pittsburgh split with Cleveland, we split with everybody, and and you just go down the list, and those were three of our losses, you know, until the playoffs. We had three divisional losses, and then the Cowboys beat us on the road. And right. aside from that, you know, we've taken care of everybody else we played against. And um, so there, there's a lot to be proud of that way that um, our division is really difficult. But when we played outside the division, we, we handled our business to put us in a great, great position otherwise. So every every year, a team is like putting together a big puzzle. And at the end of the year, you kind of disassemble the puzzle, you know, and, and then you try to figure out, okay, what's the best way to put it back together? And there's still going to be some – big uh, pieces of the puzzle that you can work from uh, as starting points. It's going to be that way every year, but you have free agency, you have the draft, you have all these components. What's what's it like? I mean, take me through the, the process. You, you took a little little bit of time away to recharge the battery, um, which was good, but now now you're back into it. You're back into the grind. What, what does the early uh, phase of offseason, what does that look like for Zach Taylor as head coach of the Bengals? Yeah, so again, it is important. It's a long season. We've been going since July um, with really, you know, you've had a day off here or there with the bye week, but but the, the stress never changed. You know, the you got to get ready for something. There's always something on the horizon. So you take some time, you know, two weeks to yourself to just try not to worry about that stuff and take some time away and relax. Um, and then from there, you get into the scouting process. So next up is, is you know, meeting with Duke and these guys, getting ready for the combine next week. And at the same time, preparing for free agency, we got we got some guys that are up in free agency. 
um, that, that we got to sort through and, um, you know, and then evaluate what else is out there. So there's a lot of the scouting side that takes place really over the next 60 days. Um, that's the main focus for us right now. So you, you very well could have a quarterback in the very near future that is making $50 million a year as, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a player that, that started into the league in the 70s when 50000 was a big deal. $50 million is just extraordinary. I mean, the league has just blown up. It has grown so much. Um, now, now, you've got 19 guys that are going to hit the free agent market on, on the 15th of March. But Joe, in, in his situation, may be as important as anything because, you know, if you could get that done, then the budget's set and you know what else you have to work with and around. I mean, do you and, – and, and I know as a coach, all, all you're going to – your job is to coach the players that are available to you. Right. But a guy like Joe Burrow, are you more than hopeful that, uh, that something will get done quickly? I'm more than hopeful that something will be done quickly. Yeah, that would be, uh, I think, best for everybody involved. And right. uh, there's a process you got to go through. And like you said, I'm aware of the process and what's going on. But, um, you know, I, I let upstairs handle that part. And um, so, again, that's just that's part of the process. When you got great players, you got to pay them. And so that's what we're going through right now. And then and then we get a chance to fit, fit the puzzle around that. So um, excited to see where that evolves to. But, um, again, confident that, that we'll be moving in the right direction. How far are you, coach, into the uh, evaluation of, of college talent? Are, are you more at the on, at the uh, NFL evaluating free agents and college t uh, evaluations are down the road a little bit, or is it a little bit of, of both? How do you handle that part of it at this stage of the offseason? Yeah, a little bit of both. You know, it's uh, the, the draft part, you know, you just sit in the meetings and Duke leads that, and you get a chance to go through all that. Then you can have the conversations about free agency, and, and we end up watching those guys on our own time, you know, as coaches. So um, you're in the meetings with Duke. Duke leads those meetings to present the prospects in the draft because there's just so many of them. Um, you know, it's this, where do you start? And so you let Duke drive that process, and then you can do some supplemental work off of that with the pro days and watching guys on your own. Uh, but the free agency part, we start to have the conversations on, on our own guys and other guys, and then um, we watch those by positions as a staff. And as we talked about, quite a few members of your staff uh, went through interview processes in terms of head coaching opportunities, coordinator opportunities, um, and everything else that goes along with it. That is valuable. That experience is valuable. The preparation, getting ready for those kind of interviews is is something that is is not going to hurt you at all for the the rest of your career in the in the National Football League. But your staff is intact. Like I said, fifth year now, staff intact. At what point do you start to sit down and say, "All right, what do we do best? What do we have to tweak? Um, this this is out. Let's bring this in." When do you start doing all that? All those. We start to do that, you know, as the draft gets closer. Our focus right now is making sure we get the right players in the building. Uh, that's first and foremost. There is a little bit of time for guys to do some some offseason studies during that process as well. But um, we've got time for that, you know, in, in May and in June um, and in July as we get prepared for training camp, the offseason program. That's where we end up doing a lot of our scheme work. Um, but right now, the, the number one priority is just make sure we get the best players that fit us. And so we, we put a lot of time and effort into helping Duke and his staff with that as well. And I'm just curious uh, to know, are you contacted when people are going to interview your coordinators as head coach uh, or your, one of your position coaches as a potential coordinator? Do teams reach out to the head coach and 
collect information or is that taboo? How's that process? How does that part of it go? It usually goes through Duke and in our ownership, you know, so they'll usually uh, contact them and that's, then they'll contact me and, and I'll let the coach know. Hmm. And, and how about do, do the other teams reach out to you to find out more Intel about a potential coach that they're considering as a candidate? Is, is it's that happened. Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but it, it's happened. And, and again, I want to, I want to be able to help those coaches as best I can. And um, so I'm always honest with the process of, of all the things that they do really well. And it's painful sometimes for me because I, 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 uh, I want them back, but at the same time, right. you know, I, I wouldn't want anybody to hold me back from an opportunity like the one I have now. And, uh, and nobody did, you know, Sean pushed me forward and, um, helped give me opportunities. And so I'm always grateful for that. And so, you know, I'm, I, I owe it to these guys to do the same for them. Get you out of here on this coach. And it's kind of like a come full circle thing, but I'm going, I'm going backwards for you. You, you, you've, um, um, achieved a high level of success here with the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. You set records. I mean, you, you set playoff wins on the road. You set, I mean, record after record and still early in your career. When you go back to your interview with uh, the Brown family and, and, and Mike and the Cincinnati Bengals organization, what do you remember most? Uh, just the ability to be genuine and honest, you know, and not feel like you're in an interview. Um, and you feel the pressure to say something just to help get a job, you know? And so I, I think that's, that's what I reflect on and, and, and I'm proud of, but at the same time, just the, 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 the interview layout from, from the family and Duke allowed you to just be yourself. And uh, they were easy to communicate with, easy to be around. And so that, that's what relaxes you and allows you to be your best in that element. And uh, hopefully allowed me to put my best foot forward as they saw it. And so that they would have a, a pretty good idea of what they were getting if I was the head coach. And so I, I think just looking back at that process and um, them allowing me just to be myself and um, allowing me to be honest, if I didn't have an answer to, to a salary cap question or something along those lines, you know, I, I was able to be honest and say that's something I look forward to learning more about, but I'm going to use your help on that process. And so, um, you know, ultimately it led us to, to this result, and, and I'm very grateful for that. And final, final question, I promise. How much of that interview process was X's and O and uh, – non X to no. I mean, how much of it was football, football, and how much was Zach the person? Was it was it equal? Yeah, uh, you know, it pro probably uh, you've got it's a long interview, so you're able yeah. to accomplish a lot of things. So I, yeah. it's hard to delve out the percentages, but um, certainly I think it's important that you're able to lay out what schemes you're going to utilize, especially on the side of the ball that you've majored in offensively. Yep. And, and the other side is obviously something that you continue to work through, but um, I, I I believed in what we were going to do offensively. Um, felt like I could articulate that without just going through film and showing playbooks and all that stuff. And so that that's important. Um, how do you're going to utilize the players that are in the building? Um, and then from there, a bunch of it is, you know, organizational structure and how you're going to lead the organization. And so um, those are things that, you know, it's all encompassing interview. You cover a lot of different topics. And, uh, you know, I, I felt good at the end of the day on how it went. Coach, appreciate your time as always. Uh, outstanding. Congratulations on on what you're doing here in Cincinnati with the Bengals. The community loves you. The community loves your football team. It's an easy group of guys to love, man. I'll tell you, you put together just a every every time I'm in that locker room, I'm like, man, this 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 group is special with a capital S. And congratulations to everybody involved there and uh, continued success, sir. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it.
Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Opportunity knocking.